Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you come back for the next episode covering the points of this conversation. And follow the podcast on social media by finding at Prestigious Pod. Follow me, Mr. Kent, at Mr. Chris R. Kent. Follow me, Chris Bean, at Chris Bean Official. Join our Discord for exclusive content and personal interactions. And if you'd like to be coached on how to live a more prestigious life, you can reach out to me, Chris Bean, on one of my social media platforms or by emailing the podcast directly at prestigiousinitiative at gmail.com. Lastly, sign up for our newsletter either through social media or on our website. This is the Prestigious Initiative. Welcome. I'm Chris Bean, and here with me is Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. Today we have the pleasure of welcoming a truly inspiring guest, Martin Schrodendorfer, a holistic transformational life coach and actor. Uh, Hey, Martin, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Martin, so I guess maybe we start with your, your background a little bit. Tell me a little bit about how how you got into to life coaching and then, you know, about about the acting as well. Let me let you know, that way we can bring our listeners in so we know who we're who we're talking with. Sure. So actually it started out quite early in my life when I was still in high school. Um, I had the opportunity to be a mentor and a mediator for peers my age and younger. So the initial goal was to uh, for students who just got to school um, mid-year or even in the beginning of the year that they had a go-to person that they can talk to. And, um, you know, when when you're that age, very often it's quite difficult to talk to a grown-up because the grown-ups might not understand what you're going through. So um, I was there for them to support them with any questions, problems they had with teachers or peers or even at home. And that was really inspiring for me because it was not easy, to be honest, because um, being there, being open, listening to people, it's practice. And nobody back then told me this was something you can do um, as a career. Uh, Back then, everybody was like, yeah, you can be a lawyer, doctor, police officer, you know, Uh, but coaching or mentoring was never um, anything that anyone told us that we can do. So a few years later, I actually got into acting and I moved out to the U.S. I was in New York for three and a half years and then I moved to L.A. And especially in acting, because you have to connect so much and on on such a deep level with yourself, with your emotions, with what's going on within you, that I kind of didn't know who I was anymore. I had all those question, uh, questions pop into my mind, like, who am I? What, what am I doing? Like, what is this life supposed to be like? And that really started my journey into self-development, especially when I moved out to LA. I, to, um, I participated in a few seminars and workshops, and it was all about self-discovery, self-development. And at that moment, I was like, I remember I did something like that back in high school. And I was like, wow, we can do that. Like, that's something real. And that really started that, like ignited that spark again within me. I said, I, I want to pass on that uh, knowledge that I gained about myself. I want to pass on that hope and the the tools that I learned, not just through those workshops, but also throughout life, through acting. Um, and then when I moved back to Europe and came to Berlin, I found a fantastic school uh, from London, and I did my coaching training there, and I'm here today, and I'm very, very grateful that all those life experiences led me up to this very moment. 
Yeah, and really, what what a cool opportunity that you had such early on in in high school that you had that opportunity to to mentor and lead those younger younger students, and then how you know how serendipitous that that's where you ended up at. I, I can mm. imagine those that early uh, steps that you took on that path helped to shape and mold you into even the you know seeing that as an opportunity. I would imagine. Totally, uh, especially because I'm always looking to develop myself further. And I think back then for me, because I got to know that kind of environment very early on, for me, it was kind of second nature that it's okay to reach out to people. It's okay to to have support because one of the things that I come across so many times in life, not just as a coach, but also when I talk to people in my environment is first of all, some people don't even know what coaches do. And um, second is like the having that courage to reach out to someone and say, hey, I want support. And for me, that's never really been an, an issue. Um, I work with therapists, I work with coaches for many, many years, and that's part of my lifestyle per se. And I feel like that opportunity back then really helped me with a different mindset from that, from that very moment. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, really a big part of, of coaching is the empathy and, and the deep connections that that we're able to to build with those with those other humans. And you know, in in your coaching, it seems that you help to build that empathy and deep connections not only with humans but with animals, which are fundamental aspects of, of your coaching philosophy. How do those uh, you know how do those connections enhance the coaching experience and what what role do they play in in personal transformation? Mm -hmm. So for me, nature is something, I feel like we're all part of nature. So if we don't find that connection to other beings, except ourselves, then I feel like we're missing out on the fullness, what life can give us. Um, so in coaching, I don't work specifically with animals, but I grew up with um, a dog. We had a cat for only one winter. She came to our house when it was cold and left once it was warm. Um, but animals well they were always part of my life my grandparents had a farm so it was like from childhood on i was always surrounded by animals and for me that's really i mean there there are so many um people who work with uh like dogs that really they they have like an emotional support i feel um like back in when i was in my teens uh when I came home sometimes at night and I felt emotional, I was just laying down on the floor next to my dog, put my head on her belly. And I was just like, I just connected with her and that just calmed me down in such a, a profound way. And that's why I always feel like uh, creating a connection with, with animals or with nature that can give us so much calm, so much peace. And I just love it. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think having that extra empathy that you because when you when you have an animal you have to share it's not just you that you have that you that you're helping out or or your family or whatever but you also have that animal the you know the the dog or the cat or whatever it is so I think sharing that empathy helps to have that self reflection where you can have that empathy for yourself because you are allowing yourself to have empathy for for another creature. Mm -hmm. uh, with animals, especially with dogs, because I mean I've I've been around a dog for 15 years uh, when I was a kid um, and the they're kind of like a mirror because when you feel emotional they sense it so 
depending on how you feel, it's always going to be um, a reflection from their behavior. And I think we can learn so much about ourselves by seeing how do animals react to us, because they have some kind of senses that I think we as humans might not possess. So having that also, I mean, of course, you have to be open to to reflect on that and say, okay, am I even open to that kind of reflection? But if you are, I think you can really learn from that and see what is really going on within me. Um, or how do I also come across? Because if animals are scared of you, there might be a reason. Yeah, and and what 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 a, what a good uh, take on that. I, have, I haven't thought about the, the mirror aspect where the the you know the dog per se would would reflect my emotions kind of back to me, and so the things I'm going through would be reflected back. But that's a that's good insight. I have not have not uh, you know thought about it like that before. Uh, that's the saying that the the. The dog over time similar uh, is similar to the owner, like even the way they walk. It's very, very interesting when you next time you, you go down the street and you see like a, a, someone walking the dog, look at how they're walking. And sometimes it's really similar and it's very, very interesting. Yeah. Well, hmm. so your your coaching approach is is holistic. You, you know, you focus on upgrading the self-image and taking uh, inspired action. Can you can you elaborate on what holistic coaching uh, approach means and how it can empower individuals to create lasting change in their lives? Totally. So holistic, um, my holistic approach is really about. Um, let's start differently. Uh, very often in life, when we come across uh, like conversations or situations, it's one sided. So it's like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's not meant like, how do you want to feel? What do you want to experience? But more like, what do you want to do as a career? And if we just look at one area of life and just say, um, this is kind of like the truth of who I am, then we take away the multitude of experiences that we can have. So what I mean by that is that there's so many different areas of life. It's career, of course, is one connected to that, the financial aspect, but also relationships, personal development, mental health, physical health. So in the center of it all are we as humans. So the way we are, that is always connected to everything that's going on around us. So in every area of life, we play the most integral part because without us, there would not be our life. So when it comes to the holistic approach, the way I always work is that we look at all areas of life in the beginning of a coaching journey, because every um, or most, most parts of life, they have an effect on other parts. For example, if financially we're struggling, that might affect the way um, we, what we can do um, in our free time when like our hobbies, they might, we might need some money for that. If we are not able to come up with that financial um, abundance to be able to do all that, then we might not feel fulfilled because we're like, well, there's more to life than what I'm experiencing. I would like to experience more, but I can't. So we're we're more likely to get into like a lack mentality. If that happens, then it can also affect the relationships around us because we might not be happy. We might be but frustrated. So it affects the way we show up at work, the way we show up in a relationship with family, friends. So it has like an impact on so many different areas. If just one area is 
overlooked or kind of um, neglected. So with within the coaching, it's very, very important to, to look at you as the human being first and see, okay, what is going on within you? What is your habits? What's your belief system? Um, I always say belief system. You have the B and the S, and most of the time it's PS um, because there's so many patterns, so many things that are outdated or that we just that were impressed upon us by someone in our family or from teachers because early childhood, especially, we're we just soak everything in, and through that, so many uh, behaviors can can show up later in life. Um, and then looking at it from different perspectives and, and showing like the similarities in different situations, different parts of life, different areas of life, it can give you a, a, a very, very uh, big understanding of who you actually are or how you are uh, living your life. Because if we look at specific habits, they might show up in different parts and we're not even, even aware of it. And what so many times happens is that we put like we make the outside responsible we say well this happened or that person said this to me but then if you look at it and be like okay in, in what parts of life does that show up and then we realize oh actually it shows up in different um, areas of life that we can start looking at okay what is my part in that how do i show up that this is happening in different areas of life on a continuous basis because if we just look at one area, it might be like, well, it could be that it, the outside is kind of like responsible for it. But if we see a pattern, then it's it's way more easy to then also change and say, okay, if that's how I show up, if if I don't have the, for example, clear boundaries or I'm not clear about my values, then I can change that. I can work on that. And then I can also see a transformation in different areas of life. Yeah. And so really what that speaks to me is the balance, keeping the balance in check, because if one thing is out of balance, then that's going to throw everything else out of balance. And so trying to work that and, and have a equilibrium throughout the different areas of your life will help to, to have you show up or the, you know, the, the, the client show up as their true self, despite where they are, because they're in balance of all the different areas. Absolutely. Um, I'm a huge opponent um, when it comes to work-life balance because it gives like the impression that there's life and there's work, but work is part of life. So um, I totally agree with what you said, where it's about the balance of, of everything. And that is very, very important that we find that balance, not just within, uh, within ourselves, but also around us with everything that's been going on. Well, you know, I think another thing you spoke on was was really key is that a lot of times these belief systems are impressed or oppressed onto us by, by other people. And it's, I see, I see Joe and he's doing this and I see Sally and she's doing this and I want to do that. Or, you know, it's all external things that you, that the individual thinks that they might want and they're pulling and stretching in ways that are far off from what they actually want for their true selves. But it's hard for them to establish who they are as their true self because of all of the different things that we see, especially nowadays with, with social media, it's, it's really challenging. And so, uh, you know, I guess with that, do you have any any tips that somebody could use to help to pull away from the external pressures of society and get back to their true self to help find that balance? 
So one thing is that that's also important to understand is when it comes to uh, the the outside factors, uh, we have something that I call a, a filter system. So where our mind is the subconscious part and the conscious part of the mind. And within the, like between those two, there's a kind of a filter system. So depending on what we, what we believe, depending on the subconscious programs that have been developed over time, uh, that filter is either open or closed. And if there is, um, and we can train it, it's not, it's not set in stone. Like we can, we can create it or change it um, over time. Of course, it takes practice and and clear understanding as well of ourselves, but we can enhance it um, throughout life at any time. But what that filter does is it, if you create it in a in a very powerful way, it can help you filter through the information that comes from the outside and then kind of not reject, but still kind of reject the information that's uh, coming towards you. Um, most of the time, uh, it is a choice, honestly, when it comes to social media, when it comes to news, it's a choice to tune into that. It's a choice to open the app and scroll for minutes or hours. And the, the accounts that you're following, it's a choice to hit follow or not. So, so many things come down to choices and the choices that we make. And therefore the first step i would say is to create awareness without awareness and especially conscious awareness you cannot really change because the the fundamental part is missing because you cannot change anything where you don't even know what that thing is so the first step is to create conscious awareness and then um a lot of times what I've come across uh, when I work with people on, on awareness and, and changing behavior is that people feel in a rush. That it's like, oh, I'm, it's, it's too late in life or, you know, I don't have that much time left maybe or whatever the reason may be. But very often we want to be further than we are right now. And that's why I would say after awareness, after you become aware of what is going on, it's important to accept and say, okay, this is the way it is right now, because there is no other way than the way currently in this moment it is. Because I see the present moment as the leftover of the past. So basically everything that happened in the past led us to this moment. What we did in the past hour has, or the last uh, days also has an impact on how we feel today, how we are feeling physically and mentally. And so the first step is truly awareness and then acceptance. Without those two things, I'm like, you cannot uh, change, especially not, not with long-lasting effects. And when it comes to like subconscious programs, it's also uh, that awareness plays a huge part in education and in raising kids. I work with quite a few parents and the, through their change, they always share how the relationship to the uh, children changes. So with kids, what I realized is because of the subconscious, because when when kids are between like or, or um, younger than around seven, the conscious mind is not yet fully developed. But everything on the subconscious level, they just take on the information. So when you share before, like when we look at um, other people, when we look through social media, it's with kids, it's slightly different because with kids, they don't have that conscious awareness. So you don't even have to directly talk to them. Um, 
I had a conversation not too long ago with one of my family members and then my niece was not too far away so she could definitely hear us and we we're talking about the kind of like the freedom kids have and um like the the when you're grown up you know that there's more worries coming up and i don't remember exactly what the sentence was but it was um something around like you know um it's so easy to be a kid because when you're grown up it's so much more difficult so in that moment even though i didn't talk to my niece my niece was standing there and i was like oh damn that could lead to her believing that when she grows up her life is going to be really difficult so when i'm around uh children i'm i'm very very conscious of how i talk when i uh when i'm for example when i'm uh, in summer i had like a little um emotional outburst i mean not too big but i was just like a little bit frustrated and then um i just ignored ignored my nephew and then when i came back i was like hey i'm sorry that i did that um i just felt a little bit uh, emotional and i know you didn't do anything it was not about you um that was all about me not being um and not being able to deal with my emotions in that moment i'm i'm sorry even though he might not understand what was going on or didn't even realize it on a conscious level but i wanted to make sure that on a subconscious level he's also programmed apologies are okay it's okay that you're not perfect you're not always in control of yourself that happens we're all humans and um also that it's not about him that it was not his doing or what he said but it was about me and i think that stepping into that acknowledgement of what is your part in the equation goes back to what we uh, talked about uh, earlier what what is my part in it and creating that awareness if i didn't start with awareness if i then didn't accept the situation and accept that this is how i behaved then i wouldn't have been able to acknowledge it and well, through that acknowledgement through those steps i can change it yeah and and what what a what a good way to look at and and by the way congratulations good job on on going back and and you know apologizing to him for that because like you said that goes a long way in sharing that opportunity that hey it's okay to say sorry it's okay to you know to talk about your feelings especially at that young age even at the you know to understand that on the subconscious level if they can't consciously comprehend that in the time i think that's important to to establish especially for for a boy because you know then they're going to grow up to be a man and that's tough for for society the, the the societal pressures that pra- they place on men is tough for them to to be in an opportunity to talk about their feelings and to apologize in this day and age but as you were talking about being aware that reminded me of something Jordan Peterson talks about which is to watch yourself like a snake like like you're like you're hunting yourself and you do that so that you can see how you act in different areas of your life. Why did you do this? And then, and so like you look, you find those things. Okay, I didn't make good choices here. Didn't make good choices here. And then why did those things happen? But as you are consciously watching yourself, you're aware of those things. You're watching yourself from that outside perspective. That sheds a different light on your your reasoning behind your make uh, behind those those choices that you make. And so as you were talking about that, it just reminded me of that that. Uh, that you know that that Jordan Peterson had talked about like that. I love that. That's a very very good way to reflect and look at yourself. Yeah. Um, that's powerful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, your your background as an actor, I, I have to imagine, has has some unique insights into to human behavior and, and emotions. How is your you know? Can you speak on how that experience have has influenced your your coaching methods, and you know how do you help your your clients help to tap into their own emotions for their personal growth? Mm-hmm. So one thing that um, I've I've talked a few times about uh, when it comes to um, like public speaking or uh, even communication in general. Uh, before or when I started acting school, I, I still remember vividly the first time I was on stage for um, in during acting class, and I was just mumbling words, and I was just like, "Oh my god, like what is going on?" and there was a, um, a my scene partner. She used the word honeymoon. I had no clue what that meant, so we had to improvise on that scene. And I was like, "What am I going to do with that word?" So I was like, "Honey, honeymoon." So it it worked in the end for the character, but I was just like a, the the way I showed up. I was just nervous. I was insecure, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And through the, through acting classes and through it was a two-year program so um i really started to to work on myself i honed the craft and that was the it was necessary to really look at myself and pull out the emotion of myself because with that um method with its method acting by lee strasberg and it's really about finding the truth within yourself and then kind of going from inside out instead of outside in. So I had to connect to myself. I had to connect to the painful moments and to past experiences. First, one of the first classes, well, my teacher said, usually people out there, when something bad happens, they want to forget about it as, as soon as possible. As an actor, we appreciate that it, that it happened because now we have more tools to work with. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting way to, to look at it. But then I realized what she what she meant. And I used experiences from my childhood, from my youth, um, where I was bullied, where um, a lot of, of negative things uh, happened. And I utilized that in order to, to make the roles that I played more real, because it's all about being real and connect with your scene partner, with the people in the audience, with everybody around you, but that starts with yourself. So what I learned through acting is first of all, the, the active listening, because you have to listen to your scene partners. Otherwise everything just happens up here and you're not really in the moment. And then it's just like a kind of a static kind of way of acting. It's just, it doesn't feel uh, real. It doesn't feel like there's anything, um, any chemistry between the actors. So the more you are in tune with yourself and the more you can uh, open up to actively listening to to the scene partner, the more of a relationship you're going to have on stage. And the more of a connection you have uh, with the people on stage, the more of a connection you're going to have with the audience. At the same time, it's also important to kind of ignore the audience. And when they, I had one uh, play that I did and the stage was very, very close to the seats. And there was one guy in, this, in the first row and he had his feet up the stage. And that, you kind of have to tune that out. And he was falling asleep as well. But it's, you have to tune that out and be like, okay, you know, it's not about, 
that one person. It's about the the play. It's about the 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 rest of the audience as well. But it's it's really about me giving my best, and that I think also helped me to for for the coaching to create those filters to be more uh, in tune with myself and not look so much on the outside. But of course, that's easier said than done because in acting, there's a frame around it pretty much. You have the the people come there to see you. You are preparing for it. In real life, barely ever you have time to prepare for whatever is going to happen uh, throughout the day. So it's more, more likely that that filter is a little bit more open to also negative impulses uh, or input. So with acting, that really helped me later on to connect with my emotions and to support other people to connect to their emotions, to see what is going on within them. And um, sometimes I use acting exercises. Sometimes I use uh, that for specific situations when, when it comes to communication, for example. So it's really powerful to combine those things and, yeah, make my own kind of uh style from that and and what an interesting perspective on that too to to take the things that have happened to you and how you know essentially like you said people nowadays they want to forget about those those negative things that happened you don't want to deal with the emotions put that lock it away don't worry about it you know move on from there but really those things if you can look at them in the correct light will shape help and, and it will help to shape and mold you into the person who are you who you are more meant to be but if you take those and you throw those away then you're missing out on part of you because despite what you necessarily wanted at the time those things did happen to you so if you can take those things and then integrate those into you i think as it carl jung talks about the, the shadow work and so they take those negative aspects of you integrate that into to to you as the person and to that will help to link up and, and create balance and put you on the path that you really are meant to be and so it sounds like from that that acting exercise you're able to take those things and not throw them to the wayside but integrate those into into who you are and then you help your your clients to do that as well it's a very thin line, I think, when it comes to the past, because of course, what can happen is that we, when we look into the past, that we get stuck in the past and that it affects us emotionally, uh, mentally, and that also has an effect on where we're going to go next and how we're going to show up in life or if in the end we will show up in life again. So it's very, very like that, finding that balance, like you said, is very, very important also when it comes to how much Am I looking into the past? How much do I utilize from that, from those experiences? Um, on the other hand, of course, if we just pretend it didn't happen, then we suppress it. And suppression usually leads into very negative feelings, uh, depression or whatever um, the individual might go through uh, when they suppress. But so it's neither nor is if it's too much, then it's it's always uh you are usually ending up in a in, in negative experience. So it's important to be able to look at it and be like, okay, how can I utilize it? Because I believe it's important to look into the past or when there was uh, traumatic experiences. He has definitely worked with someone, especially with therapists who are qualified uh, to, to work uh, with trauma experiences. Um, but it's, it's important to look at, okay, does that really impact me? And 
if it does, how can I work through it so that I can go uh, forward with a more positive outlook? Um, if we hold on to it, it's always like a chain that's holding you back. So it's that balance again that I feel like that's our work today, balance. Uh, it, it always comes back to that, that we find a way to look into the past and utilize it, see what can I use from it? What, how can I learn from that experience and, and become a better person or a better version of myself? So in that way, I feel like when we look at, um, at the past as an opportunity to learn and grow, then no matter how negative the experience might have been, but in the end, it still is going to be something positive because we take something from it and we grow. And for me, that is uh, the way I look at the past. Um, of course, there are things where I'm like, I wish they hadn't happened. But then, then I reflect on it and I'm like, well, I, I'm kind of happy I did because that gave me more tools for acting and for for coaching that I can utilize and I don't know what would be today if even one experience um, hadn't happened the way it did yeah and you know I think you're right you have to make sure those are in line with what you what you want and trying to keep in balance like you said is you have to look at those things through through positive lenses like you're looking through glasses a positive lenses to think okay this negative thing happened but let me put my positive glasses on how can I look at this what positive can I take from this? How can I apply that to my life? And where can I put this at in, into in, in order to incorporate this and learn and grow into the person I want? Because like you said, I, I can think back on, on many negative things that happened to me in the past, or at least seemingly negative at the time. But you're right, without those things that happened to me, I would be a vastly different person today than I was without those. And so if I would take those and just throw those to the wayside, I, you know, I would be so much different. And not that I that I can say that I've done that super well and, and reflected on those and incorporated those, you know, amazing, but tried. And I think that that is, is the key is you want to try to look at those things and keep your positive glasses on. What positiveness can I, can I help to uh, apply and keep my life in balance as I move forward? So I think you're, you're right on. You got to look at it with positive eyes, with the intent to learn and grow from those things. One thing that uh, just pop up when you mentioned the glasses is because um, as a coach, very often um, I come across people like, oh, you're one of those people who just say everything is fantastic and you're just like, you know, thumbs up and positive, positive, positive. I'm like, no, sometimes life sucks. Excuse my language, but sometimes it does. And so I'm, I'm not shying away from from experiencing what I'm experiencing. And especially when it comes to grief, I just had a client where uh, we talked about uh, grief and loss. And like, you have to feel it. You cannot look at it and be like, oh, what can I learn from that? How can I grow from that? No, let it happen. Let it be and see it also. I mean, it is something positive because it means that someone meant something to you. Um, but it's not about just always saying everything is fantastic. Everything is great because that would just be um, an illusion. It's not true. So being able to also say, this is uh, not the way I want it to be. I don't like what's happening right now. That's also very, very powerful. And far from that kind of lens of uh, an illusion. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, that directly ties into what you mentioned earlier and being aware. So you're being aware of, of what you're going through, what's going on, and also the accepting. Like you said, sometimes things are just tough because they're tough. Sometimes things are tough and you can learn something from it. But rather than lying to yourself, you're aware of what you're going through. You're aware of the circumstance and then you accept it and it can help you move forward from there. So it's just cool how all of it kind of ties in and there's so many different aspects to it. But it's great to hear your perspective on that, too. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's that connection. That's why I also love holistic coaching because that way there's everything is possible within it because there's no right wrong. It's just uh, an individual experience. And then, yeah, I support like how how to make sense of that and how to to make life um, uh, the best experience possible. Now, I'm I'm sure in your in your coaching experience, you have help your your clients through some common challenges you know how can you can you share maybe you don't have to obviously don't tell me any specifics can't do that but you know how do you how do you help your clients how do you guide them in overcoming these obstacles uh you know in order to achieve their 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 aspirations one of the most common things that i've come across is when people start working with me that they don't really They've never met anyone who was just there to listen to them, to understand them and not judge them. And I think you don't even need to be a coach in order for you to be able to do that. If we all took that to heart and say, how can I show up a little bit more um, mindful when I come, uh, when I, when I talk to other people, but also with ourselves, how can I be more kinder to myself, a little bit gentler? and not so much pressure and, and, um, yeah, just more, more gentle. Uh, and that's like one of the most common things that, that I've seen. Um, and people continuously thank me for just being able to be themselves and to, to being able to share what's going on with them. Um, and I think especially through my background as an actor, but also through my life experiences, that is something I want to give to people. I want to be there for them. I want to be, uh, I want to create that room where they can be themselves and use that room also to, to figure out who they want to become. And of course, that is like, a, a again, a balance of how much room is there for listening and the understanding part. And then where do I also push a little bit and say, okay, how do you move forward from that? So it's it's really the fine tuning and empathy that's important to to have in order to understand what does the person in front of me need right now, because very often they don't know they don't know what they need. They just they just know what's going on, or they might be aware of what's going on, but they don't know what they need from me. So it's that kind of skill that. Um, that I needed to learn as a coach to figure out what is the person in front of me? What can they benefit from the most? What can I offer in that moment? Is it the active listening or is it more a little bit, um, okay, let's interrupt those thoughts. Let's interrupt those thought patterns because especially when I work with some uh, someone over time, you or I, I, I realize like what if there's certain things that they're continuously doing. If they, for example, start talking and they it's an open-ended speech where there's no point like to it. 
So it's like, okay, how can we interrupt that when it shows up so that we start that we interrupt it in the beginning and not like after half an hour. And that's also like uh, rapport is, is needed. If you don't build rapport, if you don't uh, build trust, you cannot, you cannot tune into that. Um, so I hope that answers your question. I'm, uh, with because I mean I can of course make like anonymous examples um, as well, uh, but I feel like that's those topics are, are mainly what shows up a lot. Yeah, you, you know I think I think you hit it right on, and, and something that I'll bet a lot of coaches miss, especially new coaches, is they miss that empathy. And and you know you talked about creating that rapport with with your with your client. I think the empathy is the the path by which that that trust is built because if you can set up an atmosphere for your client where you have that that judgment-free zone and it's truly a judgment-free zone then they will feel free to let their guard down and instead of telling you things that you know are are base level they'll get to the root help you really by them get through the to the root cause of whatever the actual issue is but that can only happen through empathy and that that building of rapport and trust and you know, I think that, like you said, building that 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 judgment free zone where they're free to to share what what they're really going through is 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 key for that. Uh, when you just shared that, it, it kind of reminded me also of the of the acting experience again, because in acting, it's so important to uh, to focus on yourself and be not um, uh, affected also by what's going on in your real life. In that moment, because when you're on stage, of course, you're connecting re- real life experiences. But if if you're in a comedy and then outside um, of acting, something happened that was very negative. Of course, you try to to implement it into the play or into the movie. But at the, at the same time, it's important to be like, OK, how can I shift? How can I shift and focus what's what's going on right now in this moment? And also the coach, it's important to not focus on my own things in that moment, but opening up and being there and fully present with uh, who is across me, sitting across me. Because if I'm just stuck in my own ways, and I think especially when when coaches start out, they're thinking so much about, I mean, that was my experience when I started. I was like, I was thinking so much about like, am I asking the right questions? Uh, how do I come across? Do I speak correctly? Like, am I sitting in a way where it's, the language doesn't um, say anything about like, you know, how I might feel or, you know, so many things happened um, on, on a conscious level in that moment. And through experience, and I think experience is really something that's, that you cannot take away experience. It's, it's something that you need to go through in order to also grow. Um, and through experience, I, those thoughts like completely disappeared here and there, they pop up, but usually I take that as an opportunity to be like, why does it pop up with that, uh, with that client and not someone else? Um, and then of course, if it happens more often, then I'm looking into myself and be like, okay, do I really want to work, uh, with that person? But yeah, I always take it as a, an opportunity to reflect and, and tune into myself, um, after that happens. Yeah, and and you know, I think being aware of yourself in those moments is is I would imagine something that's that's quite challenging to do because you're like you said you're you're actively listening to what the other person's doing, but then on top of that you have another layer that you're consciously aware of what your body is doing and how you're being perceived by them so that you can 
allow them to let their guard down enough to share with you that thing that is really bugging them so that you can help them. And so there's, I'm sure there's, there's a little bit of a, I mean, it's sort of a game almost that, that, you know, that you have to play with yourself and with them in order to help them in the best way you can. There's an exercise that I, um, that I always share when it comes to when emotions come up, but it's not the appropriate time. Um, and I ut uh, utilize that as well when I'm when I feel like okay, this there's something going on right now, but I'm it's not the the space for me to express the, those emotions, and that usually comes up when uh, when I'm in a coaching session where it's about the other person. I'm like, this is not about me. Uh, this is about the other person, and this is not the right space. So there's like a I create kind of like a mental closet. Um, so it's like a mental shelf, and I imagine myself putting whatever I'm feeling right now, whatever the situation might be that I'm thinking about or that, that affects me. I imagine myself putting that in a, in a box, labeling it so that it's not like just a random box somewhere, putting it into the shelf and saying, I will come back to you. Don't worry. I'm not, you know, ignoring you. It's, you're not going to stay there by yourself forever. I'm going to come back to you, but I will choose the time when it's appropriate. That way, of course, it's not gone. It's still there. But at least I gave myself the permission to look at it later without having to suppress it. Because if I don't do that, then I'm more trying to suppress what's going on. And that means the focus is on me suppressing it and not me on focusing on the other person. But with that mental exercise, it's, it, you know, a, a few seconds um, that it takes it doesn't take away from from me creating that space but also if of course i mean i'm i'm always a fan of not just uh, uh preaching in a sense but also uh living what i'm preaching so for me it's all about vulnerability so when it's when it comes to emotions or emotions or sometimes when i didn't sleep well and i feel like physically um i have an effect uh, or it affected me physically when I wake up in the morning and I have a coaching session, I would share that. I don't shy away from sharing how I feel or what's going on with me because I feel like my clients have a right to know. They have a right to know what's going on in that very moment with me because they might look at me like, whoa, he looks like you didn't sleep at all tonight. But if I share, hey, mentally, I'm here 100% physically. My body is probably looking a little different today, but I'm still able to focus 100% on you. That also creates the space, first of all, for them to show up vulnerably because they're like, oh, he's showing up vulnerably. But at the same time, um, it, it eradicates kind of like the, uh, the issues that could arise if they feel like I'm not there. I had a therapist who didn't do that. He was always yawning, but he tried to hide it. So he was like sitting across me with like a long face. And I was just like, just say you're tired. But this felt always like... You know, especially it happened every time. So um, that's, but for me, it's like, if if that happens to me, of course, I don't, don't say it every single time, but most of the time I'm sharing uh, when something is going on with me, because I feel like that's important to live that. Yeah. And, you know, like I think what you said was right on is because you're sharing those things and they would be more likely to share those things. And, and might I add too, that, that that visualization exercise where you talked about putting your feelings in the box, labeling the box, and then putting that up on the shelf and then allowing yourself, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not leaving you forever. I'll come back to you. 
but now is not the time. What? That, thank you for sharing that. That's a, that's a what a that's a good tool that I think almost anybody can implement at any given time. That's that was very good. Happy you resonate with it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. You know, speaking of, of visualization, I think visualization is such a, a, a profound tool that people can use. And I'm just, I'm just curious, how can how do you help individuals define their vision? And what strategies do you use to ensure that it, it aligns with their values and their and their passions? It comes back to the holistic approach because in the beginning of, of every uh, coaching journey that I do, I do an exercise called the wheel of life. And it really helps uh, looking at different all, at all the different areas. And that wheel of life also helps to create values or to become clear values where it's like, okay, what is important? You know, um, what's important within that area? Also, what uh, what is important that is happening in all areas of your life? I always share um, examples because often people don't know what values are or how to um, make sense of it. And I'm like, for example, a core value for me is honesty. So for me, in every part of life, if it comes to uh, friendships or with with my clients, honesty is for me very, very important. But also with finances, I want to be able to trust and be honest with my um, accountant. And I want him to be honest with me. I don't want there any uh, any dishonesty happening because that will create some um, issues in the in the future and some um, some negative experiences down the line. So honesty is for me something that needs to be happening and be present in all areas. Intimacy, not so much. Intimacy is for me important in relationships, but when I work with clients or when I work with my accountant. It's not intimacy, especially on a physical level. It's not for me uh, something that needs to or should be at all happening in that space. So um, through those three examples, it's like, okay, one is really for one area of life. The other one is for all areas of life. So if you look at the wheel of life, we can really start separating be like, okay, where do those values fit? And then how can I implement them? How can I communicate them? How can I create boundaries with them? And boundaries usually start within yourself again, but then being able to communicate those boundaries with others. And that's also something that I work with um, or or work on with people when it's uh, when it comes to uh, values and boundaries, how to communicate them so that you can also let other people know what you stand for. And if they cross your boundaries that you're like, no, that's not going to happen again. So, yeah, that also plays part like with the holistic approach okay so values i i I really think value based approach to all of this life success life life growth uh, self-development personal development all those things values are are, are really what is the key to making sure it aligns with who you are the hard part that Mm -hmm. i found is people have either they they have no concept of what values are they don't know you know they don't know what their values are they don't even know what values you know, what are you talking about values? You know, I, so I guess my, my question is what the way that I think about values is a little bit different than how you think about values. I, I can see already. And my, I guess my question is what, what is an exercise that you do with your clients to help to help them to find, you talked about the wheel of life and, and, you know, I, my, my basic understanding is the wheel of life. You have, you have work and you have, you have your, you know, health and, 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 you know, um, 
another, what, what is it, financial, health, wealth, and, and, and love or something like that in the circle. Then you kind of expand that circle out and what are the, the you know, what what um, values do you pay, place on that? Like how, how high is work and how high is, is, is that what you mean by the, the life spheres, uh, the life circle? Um, the, the, I, so what, I didn't really ask a question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so with the wheel of life, it's, 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 um, you know, what you said, uh, work relationships, uh, hobbies, or I call it also like uh, purpose-free activities where it's just where the, the only purpose is fun. Um, then family, um, like attitude, personal development, like there's every, pretty much every area of life that you can think of. Sometimes I add areas that might not be important to others. I'm like, okay, we take it out of the wheel of life. I'm like, if that's something that is absolutely not important uh, for you, of course we can change it. But with values, it's like, what is important within that area? So within um, relationships, for example, what is important? How do you want your uh, partner to be? How do you want to show up? What qualities need to be um, present for you to say, this is a relationship that I want to, to be in? Um, so it's for me, the work, I mean, there's different ways to go about it. The way I work with it is, um, very much through conversation. So it's not, um, I mean, I use sometimes lists where there's, um, like values, um, written down and to get like an inspiration from that when, especially when someone has never worked with values, then that might help them also to, to get a little bit inspired by that. But I really, it's mostly through conversations. And I very often hear it when people talk about uh, what they want to achieve or what they, what their vision is, what their goals are. Um, I can hear already what might be important to them because they often are not aware of what they're sharing. But the, especially when you're emotionally connected to something, you're, you might not be aware of the exact words you're using. And then um, as a coach, it's also my job to filter out things, not just what they say, but how they say it, and then reflect it and say, okay, this is what I heard. This is what showed up here. This is what I, what showed up here, and then have like a discussion around that. Okay, and and so I think and you said that the values are the things that they are the things that are important to them. I think that is that's the key, and that's I you know I, I see the importance for that, and I guess. Uh, even even the way you go about setting that up, I, that's much much clearer on that now. It's similar to how how I think about values in that regard. And so when I think about values, I I, I make a list of things that are most important for if it was for me. If I make a list of things that are most important to me, like I you know I my I'm a parent, and think about like um, the different hats that I wear through the day. So I'm a parent. I'm a, I'm a I'm a husband. I'm uh, I work. And, you know I have I have this podcast and you know all these things. And I I put down the different hats that I have through the day. And then, you know, that's kind of the first, the first exercise. And then the next exercise is, okay, what, what is of those, you know, five or eight different areas in my life, what is most important? I rank order those. Okay, this is most important. And then this one and, and so on down. And then the next exercise would be, okay, why? Which I, th- which I think is, is really impactful is why is this most important? Why do I value this? And then why and why and why for all of the things that I have on my, on my value list? And then the last step is to create a, a affirmation that goes with each of those values, each of those areas of my life that is linked to a why. So, you know, if, if 
for example, I, I'm a parent, and so one of my one of my affirmations is I, I'm I'm the best father in the world. That may not always be the case, but that's my my affirmation. And then I have a reminder that I set for you know different times of the day, different times of the week, or, or even month, depending on what they are, where that value will 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 ding on my watch or my phone. I'm, oh yeah, that's right. I am the best father. Pow! I can check that, and then that is that that's that that positive affirmation being reminded to me in the time that I wanted it to. I'm pulling the strings a little bit, but then that allows me to fulfill on that affirmation. And so it's a it's a multi step approach, and it's not too different from what you are, but. I'm not using honesty and integrity and those type of value-based word, but I'm, I'm linking it to the, the areas of my life specifically that are linked with a why that's, that was created by, by me or, or whoever I, I go through this with. Have you, have you uh, heard or, or experienced something like that previously? Um, I love what you shared with the why, because the, without a why – there's, especially when there's adversity or when something doesn't go um, according to how you might think it, um, it might have worked in a different life. <laughs> um, it's, it's without the why, it's very easy to give up. And what you shared, I think it's very powerful where it's like, okay, what is most important to me? What is uh, really going on within me? How do I want to show up? And affirmations. Um, I love affirmations. I have a slightly different approach to affirmations, but um, it's it's uh, affirmations are just incredible. I, I fully agree. Yes. Yes. Well, hey, Martin, I want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for sharing such valuable insights with us today. Your your holistic approach to, to coaching focus, focus on human connection and passion really in, in, is empowering uh, others to, to and, and truly inspiring. Um, you know, before we wrap up, I just I just wonder, do you have any, any final uh, thoughts or key takeaways to share with our audience today? Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for, for having me and for this discussion. Um, I always get inspired when I uh, meet people like you and uh, can can share insights and, and opinions. And that's truly a pleasure and honor for me. Um, and yeah, so what I always uh, love telling people is like, find your balance, find your inner strength. Um, when, when it comes to life choices, make sure that you have a clear vision. As you said before, have a clear why, because without the why, um, it's going to be difficult. Um, and making decisions based on your goals, based on your vision, is going to be way more effective and easier than just making a decision based on the circumstances that you find yourself um, in. And don't give up. Don't give up. Uh, there's always a way to move forward. There's always a new path that you can create. Uh, the past does not have to define you. It does not have to tell you what the future is. It's not, the past is not the prediction of the future. The past can enhance where you're going, uh, but it's in the end your choice and you have the power within you to create the life that you truly want. And, and you know, Martin, if our listeners wanted to to get in contact with you or, or to learn more about you, where, where could they go to do that? Uh, the best way to connect with me, I have a private Facebook group where I really created like a community of like-minded people. Um, it's called Embrace Your Vulnerability and Live With Purpose. Um, and you can find me there um, also under my name, Martin Maximilian Schoendorfer. Um, so yeah, connect with me there. Uh, would be a pleasure to uh, grow my community there. 
Very good. And I'll be sure to, to leave those, those links in the show notes as well. You know, listeners, hey, be sure to connect with Martin for that transformational coaching experience. And, and that concludes our, our episode of the Prestidus Initiative. Stay tuned for more inspiring conversations. And thanks for listening.